Good morning, Wisconsin. So let's pour that coffee and talk to some experts about what's going on in Milwaukee, Madison, Washington, and beyond. It's the Political Power Hour on WTMJ. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Should we talk about the government? Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Yes, I used to do this on Fridays. Now I do it every day of the week. It's an exciting day. And who better to have as a first guest on the Political Power Hour? I've got to make sure your mic's on there. I don't. There we go. Now you're, now you're live. <laughs> Charles Benson from hey. TMJ4. Great to be here on this. Uh, I feel like it's an inauguration day, right? Yes. It's an inaugural. And as we're sitting here, yes. the governor is is set to make some decision. I'm kind of watching a delayed. Yes. So someone we're waiting to there. find out here on these legislative maps. Is he going to sign these maps? I, you know, it, it, I'm trying to read through the tea leaves here. He put out some, you know, text mess or uh, he, he posted some things on X over the weekend, like I'll do the right thing, the importance of fair maps. I've seen some, you know, things out there today suggesting that that's where he's going to go today. But we're all sort of just like want to make sure we hear it exactly from him. One of the first things he said after a big welcome at the the Capitol today is a beautiful day for democracy. That suggests that he's going to sign them. It does suggest that. And what's unique about this is that these are his maps. Okay, these are the maps that he had given to the state Supreme Court said, look, if we're going to redraw the lines, if we're going to have competitive, quote, fair maps, he's saying, Go with mine. But what was interesting is last week when I was over there in Madison, only two Democrats, one in the Senate, one in the Assembly, said yes to these maps, and Republicans were all in. They had now this newfound love for the Democratic governor's maps. So was that fear of a possible lawsuit down the road? I don't know what motivated uh, Republicans. You know, when I was listening to Speaker Voss, who is sort of the uh, the the master of uh, chess moves over there in Madison on how to do things. He was the one who was saying, look, he even almost pretty much waved a white flag on the assembly floor saying to Democrats and to the governor, congratulations, you won. You've got your maps. And he said he and Voss at the end of the day said he still feels he can go to the voters uh, in the general election in the fall. And he still thinks that they can win even under these maps. Direct quote from the governor from his speech this morning. To me, the decision to enact these maps boils down to this. I made a promise to the people of Wisconsin I would always try to do the right thing. Keeping that promise to me matters most, even if members of my own party disagree all right, with me. So that says it all right there. Yes. And that's what was, you know, the situation here. This is what, you know, the governor knew that he had put his own maps. Look, when I talked to him in January about, do you think this is really going to, uh, be resolved in the legislature and in the legislative process. You know, lawmakers come up with ones, maps, and the governor signs them. Well, in this case, it was the governor who came up with maps. Uh, Republicans agreed to it, and now we have new maps based on what the governor is saying and what that means going into the uh, the primaries and in the general election in November that the maps are going to look completely different for 99 assembly seats and half of the state Senate seats. I made this argument last week. One of the reasons I think Republicans decided to go along, they had to give their members a chance to kind of react. And if they have, if this was played out weeks ahead of, of this, of today, they don't have a chance to, in some cases, get their races organized, be in the right places to run races. That's really, I think that timing piece is important. So that timeline was important. But keep in mind, I think what happened here is Voss said, I, I'll take my chances with those maps, best case, 
Best case, right. I'll take my chances with the maps that Evers put in front of us versus the unknown of what could happen. Remember, this was a dual process. This was the state Supreme Court working under its own uh, conclusion there that the maps, at least the four uh liberal-leaning justices saying the current maps were unconstitutional, so they laid out this process to come up with new maps. And there were several maps in the mix there, including the governor's. Senate Democrats had their own set of maps. So I think Voss said at the end of the day, wow, if I have to pick and I want to control the outcome, I'm going to go with those maps, and I think that's exactly what happened here. We were talking before we uh, came on today about the last year, We've had the shared revenue bill. We have the Brewers bill. And now today, a map created by the governor, signed, passed by the legislature, now signed by the governor. Pretty remarkable year in it with a divided government. With divided government. And, you know, it, it is interesting that you have this Democratic governor and this uh, really almost, uh, well, you have the majority in the Assembly and the Senate, almost, uh, you know, two-thirds in the, in the you, you have the two-thirds in the Senate, almost two-thirds in the Assembly. So the only way to move on some of these big issues has been to get Republicans and Democrats to agree. And largely the biggest player in all of that has been uh, Tony Evers, the governor. So um, it will be interesting to me to see what is the fallout from this from the Democratic side. What we've learned today in politics is that it's not so much that, um, you know, it's when you go against the grain of your own party that gets people really more upset. They, you know, are are you allowed to compromise? Are you allowed to agree on the other side? The dirty word of compromise. And, uh, you know, so um, it is it is going to be. it is a new day, as you would say, that we're going forward now with these new maps. One of the interesting details from Governor Tony Evers, I will be asking the Wisconsin Supreme Court to clarify that these maps will be in place for any special elections that occur between now and the fall. So there's a little okay. piece. Okay, so that, that's an interesting thing. It, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting nugget there because one of the things that Democrats didn't like about the one that passed was that between now until those maps are, uh, take place, that... Uh, there's going to be a special election. For example, Lena Taylor, she has moved out of her state Senate seat mm-hmm. to become a judge. So there's a special election there. Uh, if somebody gets recalled, what maps do you run under? The old ones, which were considered co- unconstitutional, or new ones that are going forward. So I, I think that's what's going to be that clarification, uh, because that was a sticking point for Democrats. Charles Benson, my guest on my first Monday through Friday edition of the Political Power on WTMJ. After the break, lots going on in the race for the nomination for president, at least on the Republican side, and maybe even on the Democratic side. Lots of controversy about age and other questions. We'll discuss with Charles after the break on WTMJ. my guest on our first edition of the uh, Monday edition of Political Power, Charles, Charles from TMJ4 in Milwaukee. Um, we're kind of reading the headlines yeah. as they come out because this yeah. is this is interesting. So some of the debate is, is, is really ramping up on what this piece about the Supreme Court really means. And it's, it's kind of added more fire to the, well, we're not done yet. What do you think? So I, I think a lot of people were feeling that even um, one way or the other, that somehow... You know, there's always another move, another something to, you know, how much finality would there be in this signature? And as you're saying here, 
uh, it looks like they still want some clarification. Um, when does the clock start? Because you have on the record the state Supreme Court saying the current maps are unconstitutional. So if there's something between now and when they were the new ones were going to kick into place, how do you manage that? Now, it is interesting to me that if some if a lawmaker is recalled or they want to have a uh, uh, another election before that, if you're being recalled, do you should you be recalled with the voters that yeah, right. put you in right. or recalled with voters in? In a new district. I don't have the answer to that. No. Well, I think that's where some people are going to look for clarity. Yeah. In, in in Lena Taylor's case, she's not on the ballot, but they're going to rerun. You know, so there's a lot of questions on that. But I think the big picture here is this idea that there will be new maps. Now, there's you know th- th- that's where we are today. But in politics, as we have seen, things can change. Um, but there does seem to be at least some finality to the governor's signature. Um, one more thing on this, and then we're going to kind of shift gear, gears to the, the national race for the nominations. Um, does today's action, governor signing these maps, does that surprise you? It only surprises me from the standpoint of um, wh- that t- only two lawmakers um, supported this. It doesn't surprise me because he has said, and, and we're seeing this in his own statement, if he tells you this is what he's going to do, then he did it. And I think he wanted to uh, follow his own advice here. Like, hey, if you pass my maps, these are my maps. Why wouldn't he sign his maps? Uh, it'd be fun to kind of watch how this plays out. And by the way, the aggressive re- timeline ahead. Yeah. By the way, remember, Republicans did try to pass something similar to right. his maps, and he said no to right. those, right? What, what was the number they used? It's like 97% yes, yes. there. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, you need to be 100% there. And that's what happened. He got what he asked for. All right. right. So I know you spent a lot of time talking about the, the race for president. Um, since we last talked, I had you and Mark Cass from the Business Journal on the podcast. Um, questions about the current president's age, questions about the leading candidate for the Republican nomination, his words, his appearances. What do you make of all this conversation about age now? Because we all pretty much know, we should, these are two older gentlemen. That That's not breaking news. But here we are, nine months from the election, this seems to be the thing that people are focused on. I think it will be one of the issues of what's going to determine um, as a factor for voters. Uh, it, you know, it, age, I don't know if age will ultimately decide who's going to win this particular race, especially in battleground Wisconsin, uh, where we just saw the Marquette Law poll that said, look, hey, surprise, dead even in a head-to-head contest between the current front runner and former president and, and Joe Biden. But I think um, when we look at it, and you'll see it, I think, on both sides, uh, they'll both be talking about this. It was interesting that after we saw the um, special counsel's report on the president raising uh, questions about his uh, mental fitness, that that night, I think, the uh, former president, Trump, was giving a speech and I saw the uh, the spin coming out of the Biden team saying, you know, anything that comes out of his mouth, uh, you just listen to what. So they're both trying to make these arguments that there's not sound logic coming from either one of them. So I, I do see it as an issue. Some people talk about a lot of these things are baked in. Uh, but the one person that uh, I, I sort of 
grabs my attention on the issue when it comes to uh, President Biden is David Axelrod. And he's a Democratic strategist. He was the guy that helped get Obama Mm -hmm. in the White House. And he, too, says, look, this is the issue. There is an issue here, and the White House is going to have to deal with it. What did you make of the the, the rushed appearance by the president? It's you know I think Axelrod said that that wasn't a good look, and he 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 could have walked off. He came back and then got himself into trouble answering more questions from a pretty lively press corps there. Yeah, I, I mean it was an interesting moment, and and was it a pivotal moment? I mean the thing that you know happens in politics today, which is. Most of the conversation I have with people, because they're like, oh, my gosh, did you hear what happened? You know, and, and my line was, we haven't even gotten to Super Tuesday, and we had a seismic Thursday. Remember, that, that Thursday was yeah. a really big day. But these events happen so quickly and move so fast. I mean, that seems like ancient history now when you look at how far back that was and how much how lo- how much longer the runway is until November. So these are all moments that will be coming at us at, at a, a thousand miles an hour. But that was one of those moments that everybody's like, hey, did you see what happened here? Sneakers made an appearance this weekend. Too. <laughs> uh, right. You know, so $19 shoes now, what, 300 bucks or 400 bucks? It, 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 <laughs> it, it creates some fascinating moments and right. will continue. It will give me, trust me, there'll be no shortage of news for me to cover. That's my last question. We'll do it after the break. Politics as usual, 2024 style, or theater of the absurd? We, I asked you this question during the podcast when I had John. We'll, we'll revisit that question with Charles Benson, TMJ4, after this. My great first guest, Charles Benson from TMJ4 News, outstanding political reporter. I'm going to end it with this, Charles, because we got news coming up, and then uh, another guest. When you and I were doing the podcast oh, about three or four weeks ago, I, I mentioned, is this the craziest, most absurd and you had a really interesting answer to that question. So give me the answer sort of restated. I guess I, I'll have to try to remember <laughs> it. Uh, my, you know, my take is that because if you look through history, we have had uh, some interesting moments that, uh, you know, we've gotten through. Uh, I don't like to predict, you know, that this is the craziest or all of that. Uh, what I do want to make sure is that, we try as best we can to give clarity and context to these fast-moving events and, and try to sort through all of this to give people an understanding about why this was said and what's the historical uh, context around it and what is the relevance to it to help them understand what, why this is going on. If we're going to talk about age, what is it that we need to talk about age besides the talking points on age? When we're going to talk about policy issues, and policies uh, issues should be a dominant part of this, about the economy, about the border, about health care. I think we're going to be there to try to help explain these in a very politically charged atmosphere when everything's going to come at you at a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, and one of the points you made in the podcast is look at history. There's been some pretty crazy elections we've had in the past. It's so- yeah, so it all is in within context. Charles Benson, always great to see you. We'll have you back at some point in the future. Uh, it, it is an amazing race if, to steal a, a TV show title. It's going to be fun to watch this year, so thanks to Charles Benson for joining us. Uh, coming up in the next half hour, Matt Smith from Channel 12 in Milwaukee. He's actually in Madison as the governor signs the new maps. We have new maps, people. 
And it's sort of an interesting day from this perspective for me. So much turmoil, so much conversation, so much discussion about the fact that what's well, going to go to the courts? What are they going to decide? What map would they choose? And at the end of the day, and Charles and I mentioned this when we were talking, at the end of the day, we get a, a map approved by the legislature, signed by the governor. And I, I would argue that that's sort of how it's supposed to work. Now, there's an interesting sort of side conversation that's developing right now, and that's what will happen next. They're going to go to the Supreme Court. The governor said this today in his remarks. We're going to get some clarification. Special elections, does that apply? Supreme Court will probably weigh in on that, Wisconsin Supreme Court. So that's sort of the latest on, on what's happening. We'll continue to monitor that story. Uh, but we'll talk about elections and certainly reporting with our next guest who's coming up in a few minutes. And this is an interesting week because it's the first week of the Political Power Hour. We look at all angles, right? We have legal experts. We have journalists who cover politics and a whole lot more. So looking forward to it. And, of course, Bill and Joe on Friday, who always do a great job on the Political Power Hour. They're not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, I might mix them into the uh, the weekly shows beyond just Friday. <laughs> Welcome back to Political Power Hour. I am Steve Scudetti, of course. If you're wondering, why is he doing the Friday show on Monday? Well, we do it all week now. 9 to 10, Political Power Hour. Great guests looking at the, the year that was 2024. I should say the year that is 2024. All the excitement of the election from a lot of different angles. Journalists, public safety professionals, legal scholars, and of course, Bill and Joe on Friday. What a way to wrap up the Political Power Hour every week. All right. The uh, the guest extravaganza continues. My friend Matt Smith, Channel 12 political director, joining us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Hi, Matt. Hi, Steve. Hey, I have to first apologize. I was going to be in studio with you for this day. <laughs> no problem. Show, who knew? It's a busy Monday already. Yeah, who knew the governor was going to sign the new map? So you were there. Tell us what it looked and sounded like. Just moments ago, the governor in his conference room signing his legislative maps into law, of course, after Republicans approved them last week in an attempt to get ahead of the state Supreme Court decision. So the governor was there. A a bunch of fair map advocates were there and just a handful of Democratic lawmakers alongside the governor as he signed this in the governor's office this morning. And if you don't know Matt Smith, the incredible host of Upfront on Channel 12, sort of the uh, the, the week in politics from a Wisconsin perspective, and he always has great guests, and we'll talk about a, a little bit of that during a half hour. So the governor made an interesting point during his speech. I caught a little a bit of it during a break, that he will ask the Wisconsin Supreme Court for a little clarification, and that has to do with special elections, Matt. Yeah, so this was the only point of contention between what Republicans did and what the governor had proposed. So there was that one sentence in the legislation that said this will be implemented in November as opposed to immediately. A lot of Democrats had some concerns with that, A, for any special elections, and B, for any potential recall efforts targeting Assembly Speaker Robin Voss. So the governor said, listen, I'm signing my maps into law, but I am going to immediately ask the state Supreme Court to clarify this, uh, hoping that the implementation will be immediately so, like for Lena Taylor's seat in Milwaukee, they can call a special election right away, as opposed to having to wait until August, September, October, November with the primary and the November implementation date. So the governor said that he is going to take that to the court. We'll see kind of how this all plays out over the next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is that clarification does have to be done by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Tony Evers, governor, can't decide that. The legislature can't decide that. I think, 
Yeah, correct. And the governor was asked, well, listen, are are you going to call a a special election for Lena Taylor's seat before the court, you know, gives some opinion on this? And and he honestly said, I don't know at this point. So around the implementation, how this all works out, there's a lot of fluidness just in terms of that minor, somewhat minor detail that could impact a number of races as we look between now and November. Matt Smith joining us from Channel 12 in Milwaukee, host of Upfront. So I know you've talked to guests throughout the last year plus on the subject of redistricting. You did a little bit of that yesterday yep. with, uh, I think, Devin Lemmy who was on. Yep, yeah. So we, we had him on yesterday, and, and the concern from Democrats is, is that Republicans were immediately going to file a lawsuit to keep this in the courts and challenge Evers' maps once he signs this into law. So I asked the Senate Majority Leader about that, essentially saying, listen, is this the end if the governor signs this as he did this morning? We will bring some of that uh, after the break. We'll play a little bit of what uh, Devin Lemahue said. I want to take a break here, Matt, but I want to ask you after the break, I asked Charles Benson this question from TMJ4 uh, before the, uh, the bottom of the hour news. Uh, this year in politics, as somebody who spends his time talking to the newsmakers and, and the lawmakers, what you expect from 2024, I guess, is Matt Smith, political director, Channel 12 News in Milwaukee, and host of the Upfront Show, one of the best places to be informed on politics that you'll find on TV. We'll take a quick break here. Listen, of course, to the Political Power Hour on WTMJ. Let's start with the maps. Have you talked with the governor since the bills were passed? I have not. Any idea what he's going to do? Um, we'll see. He promised he was going to sign them if we sent him his exact maps, and that's what we did. So his, I guess his word and promise are on the line. A little bit of the upfront program yesterday. My guest, Matt Smith, political director of Channel 12. Well, you had, you had the perfect guest on from the state Senate, Matt, and then he basically said he hoped he signed it. Well, he did that this morning. So a big win, I think, for voters and citizens of the state. Now we know what the maps look like. Well, well, listen, all, all the drama surrounding the maps, at least at this moment, is over, right? We had this looming decision from the state Supreme Court, and the governor's signature today essentially ends that with the Republican-controlled legislature passing the maps last week. Matt Smith joining us on, on uh, the Political Power Hour. All right, so I, I made this uh, this ask before the break to kind of yeah. consider 2024. I, I asked Charles Benson this question earlier. As as people call it the election of our lifetime, that's a commonly thrown out phrase and a very important election, certainly. Um, this will be a very unique election to cover. Why do I say that? We have a president who's facing multiple indictments. We have a, the age question, both candidates but certainly uh, pointing a finger at the current president. As, as a political director, a great reporter on politics, what's your expectation of what this year is going to feel like? Well, it's going to be super fascinating. And Steve, as you know, we're going to be front and center, right, here mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, no matter what it looks like. And it appears to be a Trump-Biden rematch at the presidential level. And every penny that they have possible is going to be spent on this state, not to mention the U.S. Senate race, um, with Hovde expected to get in the race officially, uh, later this week. And then literally just look at what happened this morning. The governor signed the maps. You're going to have some competitive races that were not competitive for several years. And you have 21 instances where lawmakers are now paired in the same district. So there's going to have to be some soul searching. Do I move to get in a new district? Do I not run for reelection? Do I, you know, there's going to be a lot of options in some of these high profile districts that now have placed incumbent lawmakers into the same new district. 
you know, looking at this this question, it's been a while since we had lawmakers in that position, right? We've had maps established by Republican-led legislatures for a while. Previously before that, it was Democrats. This question of moving to run, or if you have, in the case, I haven't looked at that closely yet at the new maps, but you may have two lawmakers who are currently both senators or members of the Assembly who are both in the same geographic location. That's going to be part of the interesting dynamics, and it all has to happen pretty quickly. Yeah, and listen, just because of the makeup of the legislature now, there's a lot of Republican pairings, right? Like, take our region, for example, Dan Canoto from Germantown, Dewey Strobel from Stockville, now are going to be in the same new district. When you look at the assembly, there's there's a couple pairings where Democrats are looking for pickups now and what will be the new district, Robin Vining from Tosa, Tom McCulsey from Elm Grove. That's a district that was politics says our partner over at Upfront, that's now going to lean 60% Democrat. So there's these districts and pairings that are, are going to change, and the representation is going to change. Another one in Milwaukee, Dan Reamer and Bob Donovan are going to be in the same district. That one's almost 60% mm-hmm. Democrat. Donovan, though, has said he will move. So the impact, Steve, we're not going to really know for a couple of weeks, but as you said, this is going to have to happen really quickly. Matt Smith joining us on the Political Hour. Last thing for you, Matt. So we've talked about the redistricting map. We've certainly talked about the the race ahead. As somebody who hosts a political show up front, great show. It's it's yeah. I, we, we were joking Thank and, you. and you, we joke. You recorded a podcast uh, with me along with your managing editor <laughs> yeah. Renee uh, Raffelli the other day. Um, this is one of those years that I think those those of us who cover politics get excited about it's it's just so many different things coming at us what beyond redistricting in the state of wisconsin beyond the age question in the national race biden and trump what other factors are you looking at from your reporting uh, i think the enthusiasm level how in- enthusiastic are wisconsin voters on on both sides how are republicans thinking of trump as the months go on how are democrats thinking of biden and is that going to get them to the polls especially when you look at key cities like Milwaukee. Everyone keeps saying, I don't want a Biden-Trump rematch, I don't want a Biden-Trump rematch, but it looks like that's what is going to happen. So what does that actually mean when we have the rallies and the commercials and we're so inundated? Is everyone just going to turn everything off and stay home? Or are we magically going to become engaged? I, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how voters respond to all of this. Yeah, nine, nine months from now. Quickly. Yeah, nine months. Yeah. We'll have to get to that the decision-making point at some point. Uh, for folks who want to find up front, it's, it's a statewide broadcast, so if they want to find up front, how do they find it? Uh, they find it on their local ABC station, 9 o'clock a.m. here in Milwaukee, 9.30 in Madison on WKOW, 10 o'clock in Green Bay on WBAY, and of course, online, all of our posts and interviews, full interviews are always posted online, WISN.com slash upfront, and of course, my Twitter, I I obsessively tweet as you do, Steve. (laughs) We were complimenting each other on our our, our (laughs) tweeting the other day. Uh, Matt Smith, one of the best at what he does upfront, and of course, the political director at Local Channel 12. Matt, we'll talk again in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Happy Monday, Steve. Happy Monday to you as well. President's Day, we forgot to mention that. Yeah, my favorite president, in case you're curious, George Washington. I've been to his his home, Mount Vernon, many times, and I've said this before. I know I got to get the break here, but if you if you're taking a trip to Washington D.C., take the time to travel south of the nation's capital to go tour Mount Vernon. It is spectacular, and it's as is. It looks as it did in George Washington's day. You will not believe how cool that is.